Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. (laughs) Um, This is Old Hollywood Realness. The podcast that celebrates all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. Um, That's I'm, right. I am Philip Estrada. I'm Kathleen Null. And uh, we're coming at you bright and early, girl. We are caffeinated and we are ready yep. to do this. So, goodness gracious. So caffeinated. Woo! <laughs> um, good thing we are caffeinated, though, because we are talking about a movie. Am I oh right? Am I yes. right? Girl. So yes. we are on, what is this, number four of our Sexy number Summer se- 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 uh, 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 our sexy summer Swimmer series, <laughs> starring <laughs> one Miss Esther Williams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Girl. Okay, so w- the movie we're talking about this week is Million Dollar Mermaid from 1952. This is the quintessential Esther Williams movie, right? Yes. Okay. So it's directed by Mervyn LeRoy. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, the costumes for this film are done by Mr. Walter Plunkett, and Helen Rose is, did, did all the musical number costumes, so all the performance uh, stuff. That maybe she you've wears heard would, of them. I mean, <laughs> talk about a team. That is a dream th- team. Yeah. Um, so in this film, we have Esther Williams <laughs> playing Annette Kellerman, um, Victor Matula plays a James Sullivan, Walter Pigeon plays Frederick Kellerman, her father, David Bryan plays Alfred Harper, the um, he's the impresario, like, um, pretty head producer of the Hippodrome. Uh, Donna Corcoran plays Annette when she was 10 years old. Jesse White plays Do- um, Doc Cronell. And then Maria Talchief plays Pavlova, the, um, the ballerina. There's some other people in there too, but these are the main people. So mm-hmm. Kathleen, please tell me your history of this film. This, I mean, oh, I, first man. of all, I just got to say like, I'm super stoked about this movie. So I've just, I've already got like a huge smile on my face. So tell me all about it. Oh, well. Why, when, uh, where, who, how? Uh, So this is one of those movies I I, I do, I I believe I have many memories of like watching this. Again, I think probably one of these ones we had got at the library uh, (laughs) back in the day. Um, And uh, hugely, as a child, hugely influential in my growing up. Like this is just... I loved Esther Williams as a kid so much. And I know it's like, I grew up in the 80s, I'm 41, that sounds like what? But like back in the day, she was, I loved her so much and she was such an inspiration for me swimming. And even as a little kid, like uh, there's like this movie and Splash, okay? Nah, like, girl, Splash, don't <laughs> I mean, get me started on Splash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is just, this movie is wonderful. So uh, yeah, I, uh, it's just one of my favorites. And um, many years ago when I read Million Dollar Mermaid, the chapter on the making of this movie blew my mind. Like oh, the, yeah. to me, this, the, the her telling about making this movie and what happened to her like seared in my brain. Like after I read this book, I was like, Pete, you need to read this book. I can't believe what this bitch went through. You know, like, it's really crazy. Um, 
And it is definitely a part in the book that really kind of starts ramping up for Miss Williams yeah. as far as like um, she hit it hot and heavy with Victor Mature during the making of this movie. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> the, okay, get a girl. Yeah. I just say get it. We we all been read about yeah. your husband by now. Get a girl. I'm like, like get <laughs> yours, hun <laughs> tea. Yes. And she really talks about this with like zero regrets and I, I you know, good for her. Yeah. Uh, so, exactly. Um, yeah, but that's kind of my, uh, that, that was my history with this movie. Um, what about you? Um, my history was, I think this, um, I'm trying to remember the first time I watched this movie, um, and I have definitely seen parts of it as well, too, because mm-hmm. I know that the they've extra- extracted pieces of it and used it, and that's entertainment, oh, iconic. that's dancing. Yeah. So, like, all of the big show numbers and stuff like that, like, her on the trapeze swinging through the, cloud, the colored smoke oh is, like... That and sliding down the slide too, like that is just uh, like the those, sliding down the slide. It's I mean, like those burns two in your memory yeah. forever. Yeah, <laughs> those two are like, oh my god, um, the, oh, they and that are red like number. iconic. Oh my god. Girl, that swimsuit. Don't even get me started. Don't even Shit. get me started. Like. <laughs> Because Jesus, so good. But um, yeah, so that I've definitely seen that before, and um, I'm trying to remember the first time I seen it. But I think that this was definitely um, during that time when I worked at the video stores in Los Angeles, and I was like going through the entire musical section. Mm. So this was one of the musicals. So that's exactly what happened. Is that one ended up in the in the queue, as it were? And I just, it's I just ended up loving it so much, and just being like, and I haven't, but I hadn't had the chance to revisit it until we. Um, started this summer series so I'm oh, super good. duper stoked that uh, we got to watch it I watched it a couple times loved every minute of it could not uh, could not I mean Victor Mature <laughs> I I know right I mean first of all he's like in his own mood like and I just love that it's supposed yeah. to be like 1910 or something like that or like what year it's like <laughs> turn of the century nope. and they're all just like uh, sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. They're not even <laughs> trying to pretend like they're in um in nineteen ten or um, like the oh you know, no. Era. And then fast and loose, fast yes. and loose with history. <laughs> and also, I just love that. Um, I loved in the book too that she was talking about um that she met Annette Kellerman on set one yes. time, and like Annette kind of had this like was like into it, into it, but just was like kind of like um reserved I guess you could say and then mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Esther was like is everything okay you know we're, we're, we really want to be proud and she's just like I just wish you were Australian <laughs> and I'm like yeah. oh right they didn't fucking even try an accent not one of them tried an like, Australian not accent or even no, like if anything vaguely. they went British yeah because you know, like, <laughs> ba- yeah, yeah. Walter Pigeon had like a clearly yeah. British accent but like mm-hmm. not even like not even like nobody mentioned a dingo nobody mentioned just, you know? the, bu- just the punch and kangaroo <laughs> yeah just <laughs> nobody like nobody mentioned the Barbie throwing shrimps on no. if you were like it was just very they didn't the Outback, they nothing. didn't even try they were just like oh it's Australia you're like sure I guess like you just I'll have to believe you <laughs> so yeah there was suspension well, it, of disbelief on that but it was so you know it's it's funny you mentioned the Annette Kellerman thing because I was reading a little bit about her too and yeah she was kind of known for like she called the movie like a namby pamby version of her life First of all, I just want to say this woman, the real Annette Kellerman also went in. She was a massively huge entertainer and loved entertaining. She was a teetotaler and an athlete and loved, it was a huge exhibitionist, loved showing off her body. 
and eventually did this on film. Uh-huh. So I think I think she'd be hating. Okay, like well, I think she was a little bit of a hater. She I, was kind of like she was like sipping on her haterade, looking at that stage, talking to Esther Williams. She's like, yeah, I guess it's nice. Right. Because, I think that I oh, think. Sorry, this is Esther Williams' clear day. Yes. She is gorgeous. Yes. She. I get it's fast and loose with history, but Jesus, goddamn Christ! If you didn't know shit about Annette Kellerman, you watch this movie and you're like. I want to read about you. Yeah. I want to read about. So it's to me, it's like the movie did its job, and it is beautiful old Hollywood goodness. Yeah, this is like and, peak MGM. Like this yeah. is an MGM picture, and they are doing. They're living their best life. They are just like yes. doing these yeah. big production numbers. They're doing big chorus lines. They're taking huge swings on costumes and sets and every. It's just like. And you've got your top seasoned talent. I mean, Busby Berkeley on, on point did for the hair, yeah. makeup choreography, <clears throat> directing, and you've got fucking Walter Pigeon in there, you want fucking around. Yeah. Okay? Like, this is going to be an epic titanic exactly. kind of Exactly. You know? uh, I did forget to mention that, yes, so um, Busby Berkeley did do the big production numbers for the Hippodrome, so I apologize I yes. didn't mention that, but, like, so it's just, like, we're, he, they are doing it. Like, it is yeah. crazy. So, like, I get it that Annette Kellerman's probably, like, I don't, is not feeling it, but I feel like it's so funny, because I, I did end up going um, and looking, uh, looking up, like, Neptune's daughter, the original Neptune's daughter mm-hmm. from the teens. And I was just like, I think that she was a bit of a, like a little bit of a hippie, like a little bit of like a, oh, for sure. Like a free lovey sort of like, you know, ahead of her time, you for know, sure. like she knows but her I, way. She's not, she's, she's, she's no, well, I just think that she's no, um, I think that maybe she thought that her, um, it would be a little bit more, I don't know, bohemian, if you will. Like there, her, yeah. the story would be, have a little bit more of a, I don't know. I just have this feeling that maybe she, like, you know, knew her way around a few male bodies, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> no shame. Like, get hers. <laughs> get yours. Like, do you? Do you? Yeah. But I feel like even though she might have been, like, a teetotaler and, like, that stuff, I feel like she was a little bit of, like, that, like, Oh, know. she was an exhibitionist, Free for love, sure. I was reading about business. her. Yeah. No, and she loved her body, yaddy, yaddy. Yeah. Like, it was out. <laughs> She's like, hey, and she even wrote books. She's like, what? Like my body? You can do it too. <laughs> like you, if you eat, don't eat, eat these things and don't smoke and drink. Wasn't so, she like a vegetarian I mean, or something? Like she's she was a vegetarian. She, vegetarian, teetotaler. And it's funny because as much as she's hating on her not being Australian, this lady basically opened a health food store in the Pacific Palisades. I know. Uh, you oh, know, right, and lived yeah. until she was 88 in California. So, okay. She, she so, was, like, so Annette Kellerman was Miss, a straight up OG hippie. <laughs> like, I kind of love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, she's probably but like, I think that hey, man, like, let's do some health foods, For real. Man. Like, but like, but like, uh, Art Nouveau. She's like, Art Oh, like my Art God, Nouveau. could you imagine <laughs> an Art Nouveau hippie? She's probably like, I haven't oh. seen a bra in 35 years. You're just living in, like, a green and green bungalow that's, uh, like, nestled into a hillside God. in, you know, Malibu somewhere. I bet you she but, owns yeah. so many um, of those Fortuny gowns. <laughs> oh, so many. That's just what she lives in. That's yes, everything. Love it. Love the well, idea. I'm totally in the, on board with the idea of her. Like, I don't know why. Oh, um, yeah. Well, I, I just think, like, to what your point is, it's like, yeah, you know, first of all, we can't tell that kind of story with when you're thick into the Hayes Code, and this yes, is fucking MGM, exactly. which whitewashing is is their bread and butter business. Yeah. So, and also, uh, no. <laughs> and also, too, it's like MGM is not, you know, just like the real, I guess you could quote unquote realism, not like the uh-huh. realness. Like, we're talking yeah. like the realism of like what it Gritty. would be. 
it would they would do a little bit more like in in nowadays to make it a little bit more like her real life but they're doing it oh, like sure. MGM's going to do a glitzy glammy you know those sort of things so you can't yeah. expect it to be too like you know you know, it's the hardship is not going to come through pretty much on this. I like even, even during the, uh, during the scenes of the movie where they were kind of broke and destitute and stuff like that is still was pretty, like they looked amazing. Everyone looked oh, slick and beautiful. Yeah. So it was, that's how MGM do, you know, it's like the, even the poor people at MGM they're you know, the, the street urchins, if you will, still had a smile on their face and a glint in their eye. <laughs> oh yeah. They're, they're what you could call pretty dirty. Yes. <laughs> Poverty's fun. <laughs> yeah. I, it's definitely but hey that's that's the beauty it's total escapism that exactly. is what they were yeah. in the business of doing and this like movie fantasy was a box too office hit. yeah yeah and total fantasy so full fantasy exactly. and they crush it in this movie uh, we've got walter plunkett's gorgeous like period-esque costumes which oh, God. felt very very in the vein remember uh, just a reminder he's the one who did the costumes were gone with the wind and very mm-hmm. similar feeling and aesthetic where it's like a very pretty version of that time and era uh, mixed with uh, very much like you can still kind of tell the silhouette in which the movie came from. Yeah. So like you got the strong shoulders still coming out of like the 40s and uh, sort of like everything's darted in a very mid-century way. But you're they're trying to recreate these silhouettes from like the aughts and the teens. And I think they do a great job. But they're I think, really too, there's gorsh. a different there's different I there's a real clear delineation on the art direction between this film mm-hmm. and Gone with the Wind because the, the costumes in this movie, <coughs> excuse me, the costumes in this movie have a sort of like flat gar- graphic feel to them. All the colors oh, are sure. all the colors are very super saturated, vibrant, mm-hmm. and there's no prints, no patterns. They didn't do like you would see in like um in like in Gone with the Wind. There was calicos. There was you know I'm it's a bit just, more depth. You know, there was more yeah. sort of like yeah more a little bit Texture. more like surface. There's like surface embellishments, fringes, those mm-hmm. sort of things. And this is a little bit kind of dialed back. It almost has a I, and to go I think with a little bit of the quality of the movie. It had like a dreamlike quality in a way where mm-hmm. everything felt almost like an illustration in a way. It, I don't yes. I don't know how to describe it because like there wasn't a ton of like they didn't do a ton of like color mixing. There wasn't like, you mm-hmm. know, tone, you know how like if you did like a sequin gown or something it would have like four different colors of gold sequins right. on it. Or like if you take for example her like full body gold sequin look that she does the huge dive off of which by oh my God. the by is an oh. iconic. So I just was like giddy you have a baby that. heart attack, y'all. I, I mean, know. It's but so she's wearing cool. that full gold sequin thing. But they could have done a little bit more with like highs and lows. But they chose to do just all one color sequin, mm-hmm. and it's like so. I think that's what's the difference between this movie and like Gone with the Wind or other. This movie has like I'm not not that it has lacks depth in it in a bad way. It's just very much like it's like she's wearing a, a flat red swimsuit with sequins on it on a bright blue background. It's very like very the choices Graphic. are made in a way that it's like high contrast, very bright, very bold in a way. So but it's still even and that's even in her quote dry looks that we talk about, she mm-hmm. still has they carry that through as well. And they are stunning. Like oh, oh my yeah. God. Can we talk about when she gets rich when, when and she starts working at the Hippodrome and she gets them fancy clothes. Oh my gosh. Them fancy yes, clothes. Yes, and they put her in like the little hobble skirts and stuff. Oh, oh my gosh. God. She's, and that's what I'm saying. Like some of the ha- like the hats, she's mm. got the one with all the tiny little rainbow of flowers all around. And yeah. oh, that's yes. it's like, even though it's flat, like Plunkett was really good at creating uh, the silhouette. Oops. Oh yeah. The, creating like the, the correct silhouette. And he did that even with 
uh, like with the hats and everything, he was able to kind of uh, create like a, um, like if you were, yeah, exactly. If you were to take it just like black and white, you could tell it's like a teen silhouette. Yeah. And so I think he did a really, and like her, her skirts are so beautifully fitted and tailored. Every pleat, everything is so lovely on her. And, mm-hmm. um, and I just, I know like it's, you know, I just want to say how, what a gorgeous figure Esther Williams had. That uh, is, yeah. that is a athlete. That is a swimmer. That is no plastic surgery. That is that bitch looks amazing. <laughs> that she gives bitch. me goals. <laughs> yes. She gives me goals. She like look, let's face it, Esther Williams was a bad bitch. Okay? <laughs> like you read this book and the shit she had to do and go through and with a smile on her face and full I, makeup and hair. Jesus. I mean the, and she did all the diving work and the swim work she did in this movie and had to do it like it was no big deal. I know. And, to read about the conversations she had to have, like with Busby Berkeley and others, and being like, "Bitch, I'm putting my life on the line. Do you not see this? Do you yeah. not see how much I'm in danger every day?" I like, mean, what? It's, <laughs> that's so funny. Well, it's funny because like I was looking at like uh, I think I was running through the trivia on IMDb or something like that, and they're just like, "What was the one thing they said or heard that high dive that I was talking about? The one with the big giant." Um, the big giant where she's in all gold, right? Oh they my God, said reading that, she, that in the book blows my mind. I mean, first of all, the thing is, is that it's misquoted on IMDb. So it's, oh, really? it's because, well, it's not misquoted, but it's misattributed. They said that the the high dive with the thing, um, almost, is, yeah, it said Esther William nearly broke her neck diving off a 50-foot tower during the celebrated fountain sequence. In her memoir, Williams reported that no one considered whether not or not the crown of her solid gold units hard would tolerate the pressure of the high dive until she was atop the tower of the filming, se- filming scene. She decided to chance it in order to achieve the shot and luckily emerged unharmed. Excuse me? No, she did not. No, no, no. No, that did not. No, she did one take. And according to the book, mm-hmm. that, that crown was aluminum. And yes, that sounds lightweight and very light, you know, in, 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 as an idea. But when you're doing a super duper high dive, the impact of you know, the fact that, you know, she was doing that from a 50 foot platform mm-hmm. in the air. And she did one swift dive. And as soon as she said, as soon as she was diving, like it, as she tells the story, she's like, I just said, oh, shit, as I'm going down, she's like, she knew. And as soon as she hit the water, it snapped her neck back. And then everybody was like, great, cut, break for lunch. And everybody just dispersed right away. And the only person who noticed, because, because what happened was, is uh, essentially she broke three vertebrae in her spine. And she was paralyzed from like the waist up. She couldn't move her neck or her arms, but she could kick her feet. And it was her wardrobe person who saw her and she was like, get me out of the water. I can't move. And she's like, ha ha, that's hilarious, Esther. Come on, get out of the water. And she's like, bitch, no, I can't. And so they had to, you know, she, she calls some guys in and they come and get her out and she's crying and they take her back to her dressing room and they have to quietly call an ambulance. And she was in a fucking body cast from her elbows to her knees. Mm-hmm. And she was laid up for six fucking months and had vertebrae fused together and had headaches the rest of her life because of this one dive. Exactly. And she was even saying it, she's like, had the, had the crown been made of like cardboard or something like that so that it, when on impact it would have kind of melted into the water or right or up, like taken a hit fine. like it that would have been or like been like break tear away yep. or break away or something like that. Yep. And she said one and then to add insult to injury, they bring her back to her dressing room and her costumer, all they give a shit about at this point, even though she is in pain the ambulance is coming they're like well keep make sure the bodysuit stays intact mm-hmm. so 
her without even thinking like she talks in the book instead of like cutting it away from me like you would have done you know normal they they peel it off of her like it was a normal swimsuit she's like and all those little sequins were like little knives scratching up her body all the way down because they were all the way to her feet and they had to roll that off of her and i'm just like motherfucker like, i know God. yeah that's just like the reading that stars like they did not like yeah. they didn't care and they also like didn't, didn't care there was no one being like is this safe like do we nope. need to have a contingency plan do we need to like and I mean to her credit like she just like I guess it's safe because she's never she never did these things before mm-hmm. so she had nothing nope. to go from like she had like yeah she had no record or being like experience of saying like oh okay maybe this isn't safe and no one was like looking out for her. they didn't have like that no, they no didn't one have stunt people to do her own thing like it's crazy Easy. Yeah, and, and she talks about that a lot in the book. She's like, uh, once again, had to learn, had to take care of myself. It was like she, in a way, like reflects on that as like I should have been. Like she always puts it back on herself, which right. I really relate to. But she, <laughs> she's always like, what could I have done to I make know. sure that this didn't happen? But, uh, but yeah, and and uh, it's interesting because even like we love that that wonderful trapeze scene where she comes swinging out. That was another one that was a real nail biter for her. Oh my God, yes. She was so stressed because, what again, because they neglected to tell her, they thought it'd be no big deal that there would be pots uh, doing like the fireworks on the sides of the swing with plumes of smoke. Those went off first, creating all the smoke in the air. So she couldn't even see. She was supposed to swing and then dive. She couldn't see. So she's like, I don't know if I'm going to swing into the pool or swing into the fucking concrete. And, you know, here's Buzz Burke like, Esther, you know, hurry up. And she's like, I can't see. He's like, just just fucking do it. And so she just Right, because all like, in rehearsals, they didn't have the smoke going, right? Yeah. So she just, nope, so she's used to doing going. it, but they, oh my God, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. And he would he would use a, a cap gun to start everything, which when you hear it up top, like it's super loud. So she was already on edge from just basically her gunshots for <laughs> rehearsals. And, which Busby Berkeley was known for this. Yeah, like not a like, cap gun, ah! a real gun. A like real a, gun, with shooting guys. blanks. Like it's, and if you've ever heard a blank shoot, it's fucking startling it's so startling and imagine scary. being like uh, on the roof like the sound stage like where the sound is extra loud uh-huh. you know, in the and you're on a swing that's near <laughs> and that's nearly per- per- perpendicular to the floor so you're like hanging yep. like i would that would make me oh by the way don't forget to smile esther <laughs> like, oh right and that's exactly no what they fear were like. in your eye yeah and, and, and he was like literally like well make sure you dive straight like make it a good one you know oh and, my and, god and she did like she nailed it in one in one take, and uh, because she's amazing. But uh, that was when she said uh, she was so stressed that she broke a toe gripping with her feet gripping onto the trapeze. Well, yeah, I, can I, I just I can't imagine, you know. Jesus <laughs> Christ! So, like she, this was she did this movie. I mean, she earned it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like she she ended up getting an award, which I guess now is equivalent to like a Golden Globe. Oh, um, right. Wasn't called that at the time. Um, and I love that she talks about that. She's like, I would never have been up for an Oscar. Like, this was clearly not um, something, you know, I wasn't, like, among my peers. I wasn't considered one of the heavy hitters. But she's like, it didn't matter because my fans love me. Yeah. And that, that's really, like, and she, I thought that was really touching. She's like, the people who really, whose opinions I really care about, mm-hmm. I, I, they're, they're happy. And that's exactly. what matters. Yeah. And this, so. uh, this ended up did win, this did win an Oscar though for best cinematography for color for that year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and it looked beautiful. Like there was so much, 
That was, it, I mean, there's a lot to look at, trust me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, what I love is that it opened up at Christmas time, 1952, at like Aww. Radio City Music Hall. And they yeah. said there were lines around the block mm-hmm. and well into 1953. So could you imagine seeing this at Christmas in New York? Uh, oh, I would die phenomenal. on the big screen. Oh, my God. Uh, and just let's let New York in the early 50s. Uh, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> So rad. Oh my god. So goodness. good. Oh, but god. yeah, the, like, another, uh, it was an enormous hit. Uh, just another movie a lot of us barely know about. And if you go on YouTube and you try to Google Esther Williams documentary, you ain't going to find shit. I know. No one's really done a really worthwhile. Um, I think maybe years ago, TCM may have done something you might see on there, but right. no one's really done a real. I, it, no pun intended deep dive on Esther Williams and her <laughs> life and her accomplishments uh, both in both like in the movies but also like her the business end which maybe like on our final episode we'll talk a bit more about uh, you know her other business ventures that were actually quite successful and mm-hmm. she much like Doris Day had was someone who made an enormous amount of money on her own and then it was quickly fleeced quicker than she could make it right. from the person that she, she trusted a, she a life, shit so. husband yeah. a series of shit husbands actually right like, yeah you know uh, one thing you can say is she's a product of her time and yeah. uh, it's 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 kind of sad and um but um, also, I was going to say, on a lighter note, one of the things I noticed when... So, Annette Kellerman, the person that she's portraying, one of the things I really love about the story was that she, as a child, was diagnosed with having rickets. And right. so she had leg braces. And so swimming was something that was she did to get strength in her legs. And then she became a champion swimmer. And uh, and this, to me, this also, I instantly thought of Ann Miller because yes. that was the very same reason that Ann Miller became one of the greatest tap dancers ever known to man because she had rickets. And so mm-hmm. she started doing dancing. And you got to remember, this was still at a time when women like ath- athletics and doing anything physical was not something encouraged for women to do, let alone, you know, leading sort of healthy, active lifestyles. Like it just, it was so out there and so usually when you were a kid and you were diagnosed with something it was like well that's it you're just kind of fucked yeah it's Um, like lay down for the rest of your life (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep and so it really in both cases they had parents who really saw or they saw that their kids had like we're like let's just try it maybe this will help you know and so I really think that again you know uh, one of the things I love about the story is that they show I'm like well so what happens when you have a really amazing dad. No. So, you know, like, what I think his, their dad is really portrayed in this really great way. It makes me misty in the beginning when you see how he's, like, so proud of her when she swims. And, you know, she figures out that, like, that's something she could do. And he's, like, encouraging her. It totally reminds me of my dad when I was a kid and did competitive swimming. He used to take me to my swim meets no. and uh, was just, like, a real champion for me. And I can't emphasize enough how important this is, <laughs> you know, to uh, being successful uh, when when your parents are uh, helpful in that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And then also with Annette Kellerman, much like Esther Williams, uh, huge pioneers when it came to swimwear and things that we we think are normal today. It wouldn't if it wasn't for these two women, we wouldn't. I, I wonder where we'd be as far as like swimwear and and uh, athletics for women. You know, um, the fact that 
like swimming was one of the few things that women were kind of allowed to do. Yeah. And um, and then to take it to the next level, if you really look at what swimwear was, and they talk about this a lot in the movie, I think it's hilarious. You show they show what like women actually had to wear in the water. Yes, that was such an interesting <laughs> scene to see these women in these so like big blue salt like crazy. Stuff. Yes. I mean, and then. And then you see her, and then and this is this is sort of again fast and loose with history, but this was a thing where Annette Kellerman was arrested for indecent exposure because she was essentially wearing a man's swimsuit yes. uh, to swim. Because if she was going to try to attempt to actually swim in what women were supposed to wear, she fucking drowned. It was. I not mean, really you're wearing like swimming. thirty. You're like wearing forty pounds of wool, and it's yeah. like all like flounced up, and you got all this stuff. It would be. I mean, those those costumes. I, and I love that they actually show the women in the water, like holding onto a rope, like they have because like, the, uh, they had did. to because yep. they couldn't. They couldn't swim. Like it's well, crazy. What they would do is you would get wheeled out because you weren't even allowed to. You were only allowed to really wear those off, like on the beach and so they would have they almost looked like little outhouses or little caravans oh, and women God. would walk into them they would wheel them out to the beach and they would change their clothes in these and then they could walk directly from the caravan out into the sea and huh. they would hold onto the rope and that's pretty much all they did they would just like t- basically like take to the waters and yeah. that would be it um it sounds like fun <laughs> it, it sounds right isn't that sad that was like but that, that was, like, all you were allowed to do, know. you know? I mean, yeah. it's just... Uh. It's ridiculous. Anyway. But. And so then, you know, and, and that's the thing, too. Same thing with Esther Williams. At a time when she um, when she was growing up and she was taught how to swim by the lifeguards at her community pool. And she was taught by male lifeguards how to do what we now know as the butterfly stroke. And at that time, women weren't even allowed to perform that stroke. They weren't even allowed to swim it. Like, they thought that women were, like, physically... Like, because their body types are oh physically incapable of performing the stroke. I know. it, Guys, it sounds so stupid now. Jesus. So stupid. It's like bad women's anatomy and bad science all <laughs> around. But um, so, but that was something that she, she learned how to do and was going to go to the Olympics doing that stroke when it was canceled in for World War, because of World War II. So anyway, a lot of parallels between these two women, mm-hmm. even though they lived very different lives, but were huge pioneers in a lot of ways. Um with something that I'm very passionate about, which is swimming and swimwear. Oh, that's wonderful. I also love that Annette (laughs) Kellerman actually did a lot of, like she ended up writing tons of books about like her experiences and then also just like instructional manuals on how to swim and all that stuff. And then she did have, um, she licensed her name out for swimwear as well. So there's like, they they had, they, they, I don't know, they just had so much interesting stuff. And I just love that the, I love the idea of Annette Kellerman too. Like just the fact that in the turn of the century, like the scene where she's doing those after she did after she got arrested in Boston they ended up having mm-hmm. those exhibitions at the that was like a side she's basically a sideshow and people would just pay a nickel to watch a woman swim back and forth in a tiny pool and do like dives yeah. and stuff like I'm just like what what a time to be alive where that is considered entertainment. I'm like, it's all the simpler times when you can watch somebody do an exhibition of four different, uh, like the breaststroke, the backstroke, the, you know, and then, and then she'll do like three uh, dives and you're like, Oh, that was worth a nickel. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Like, did you see? And it was like whole held over for like six weeks. And I'm like, Good yeah. God, it's like nowadays it takes someone like, you know, it, David Blaine has to freeze himself in a block of ice for six months. I know. <laughs> it's just like, you know, 
I, well, I, you know, it, it must have, if you think about it, I mean, that probably for so many people to actually see a woman in person, not close, like, yeah, and, an actual well, natural form. Yes, too. Yeah, there's men, that. Even women, you yeah. know. And there's always, there's a, like kind of that kind of seediness a little bit because, of course, mm-hmm. the men, most of the people probably going to see it were men and they were like, oh, it's respectable. She's swimming, but it's like clearly they wanted to see a woman in tight clothing because oh, it wasn't hey. something that they would have seen in the turn of the century. And that no. also brings up another thing, which we'll probably talk about when we eventually do the great Ziegfeld too, is because Ziegfeld, his first claim to fame was when he brought the great Zando, the bodybuilder, and he took oh, him right. on tour and he was wearing nothing but like these teeny tiny briefs and like flexing and women were oh losing their minds sh- because they, <laughs> yes, and he's, I, I, this should be a movie. I, it, it's in the movie. It literally is in the movie. Oh and God. it's like, he's like a big giant bodybuilder and he's flexing and the women are like swooning and everything. He's considered the first male porn star because he, because it. he was basically mm-hmm. like not wearing anything. Like he was wearing a tiny little loincloth and flexing and women were just creaming their bloomers. Like, and, oh, and I'm sure. yeah. so this I think has a little bit of a parallel and that's kind of why I wonder if there's a little bit of her kind of having that bohemian, like body positive, like sex positive in a way, but like we didn't, they probably didn't say sex positive back then, but I feel like Annette Kellerman was a bit of like, you know, a freak in the sheets, if you know what they say. Oh, for sure. Like, As we said, bohemian. Yeah, where she's just like, it's just my body. Just learn to love it, girl. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just exploring my body. Well, it reminds me of like, uh, was it like Nazimova, the woman who did Salome yes, and like yeah. had, you know, um, Oh gosh! Like she had the, the Garden of Allah and everything. The Garden like, of Allah, which yeah. Turned like, into basically a big old like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> turned into like, I feel a, like she's part of that of iniquity. Set. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. She, I'm sure if you <laughs> dug, dug deep enough into Nick Keller, there's probably like she's, you know, she's Nazimova adjacent. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you mentioned about like all the women losing their minds because there is that one shot where you like Esther. So Jimmy is walk, walking Esther Williams. Uh, I'm sorry, Annette Kellerman uh, to like they're in Boston and he's walking her out to the beach. Oh yes, and you literally see men crawling on their hands and knees and they're like in the old school like with the mustaches and stuff. Oh my god, that was like my favorite, like one of my favorites. Only because they're like crawling at her. Yes, and by the way, like again, like you always say, the extras are more period accurate than the principals Uh because the principals amazing because the principals probably they like you were were always saying they don't want to feel ridiculous, they want to feel nasty. And they mm-hmm. want to feel beautiful and stuff like that. So, like, um, seeing those men in those, like, traditional, like, stripy suits with, like, yeah. unitards, and they have, like, you know, the barbershop quartet, um, like, yeah. mustaches. And they're like, they're like, yeah, they're like, oh, a woman's ankle. Ooh. You know? And they're like, hamana, hamana, hamana. Like, it yeah. was so a fucking rad to see that. And I'm like, it was really funny. And you even see the women, like, the women's reactions were great, too, because not all of them. Like some of them are like shocked and other ones are like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Can, you could do that? You know, it was just really, and that's probably to me, like that's the reaction. I'm sure a lot of women went to see her too. Cause it's like, can I do this? Yeah, I no, want right? to do this. And it, of course, <laughs> I would have been that girl. And of course it was like an uptight bitch. who was like, that's disgusting. And like got the cop. <laughs> I know, like, commence slut shaming. I know. Now. It's like, uh, leave it up to Karen <laughs> to go get the manager. <laughs> There's always a Karen somewhere. <laughs> that was like my favorite meme. Someone posted a tweet where it's like, Karen's not a name, it's a rank you earn. That's why you never see a baby Karen. <laughs> oh, God, yes. So true. 
Oh goodness! God, Um, man, this movie—I mean, this movie is a a treasure, an absolute treasure. Um, So good. uh, I couldn't talk about the storyline. Full disclosure: I did not finish writing my recap because I was moving into a new apartment. So busy, busy beaver, and I also yeah, and I've been getting ready for a work trip that I leave on tomorrow afternoon. Yay! So it's like, no pressure. so there's nothing better than having appendicitis moving and then going to going on a work trip for seven days, all in a span of three weeks. So it's like, I believe you are the very definition of a trooper. I know. It's like, just pile it on boys. Okay. So let's see. <laughs> So Million Dollar Mermaid. Uh, so this is, like we said, it's about Annette Kellerman. Um, the young Annette Kellerman, played by Donna Cork- um, Corcoran. Uh, she's learning piano from her father, Frederick Kellerman, played by um, Walter Pigeon. She sh- suffers from rickets and has to wear leg braces. In the movie, they don't really specify what it is, but um, mm-hmm. and it almost appears like polio, which I think probably would have been what they probably would have let it let people think that because of the, yeah. because of the time period that it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one day, her father can't find her and um, she's not in the house and then he realizes that she's been sneaking away to teach herself to swim to strengthen her legs her father is at first at first shocked to see her swim but then encourages her since she's good at it and it's good for the improvement of her leg the legs so she has two of them uh, <laughs> in case we haven't we haven't told you about yeah, that she, <laughs> she's got a girl with two legs she's got a left and a right <laughs> So, um, I know, right? So, as she gets, um, so Annette grows older, and um, she's this time now she's played by Esther Williams, and she's competing in swimming events, and she wins all of her competitions, and um, she's basically getting trophy after trophy. And I love how they go from like it ritzy bitsy to like big and giant, like as she continues to win, it's like kind of hilarious. I love it. So the first one, she's like holding it like a teeny tiny, like espresso teeny cup. One. <laughs> she's like, I can't wait to drink espresso out of this one. I- <laughs> and I guess this was back in the day when they actually were made out of silver. I guess, because, yeah, because yeah. then, uh, yeah, because those scenes later where they needed money mm-hmm. and she was pawning them, and I was like, really? Who's gonna fucking use that? I was like, oh, well, I guess you can melt it down if it's real silver. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that scene where she's when that they're yeah. So. Um, when they're broke, like when shit goes, to, when shit hits the fan the first time, and they're he, she's like, well, the Kellermans will always eat, and then they pan to the trophies. So that's yeah. Um, I guess you're you're correct. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> So like we were saying, hard times hit Australia and Papa Kellerman's conservatory goes under. So father and daughter decide to pack it up and head to England. Um, and on the way there, they're on a boat. So and while they're there, they meet um, on the boat. They meet James Sullivan, James Jimmy Sullivan. He's a, um, a talent talent agent. He's played by Victor Mature, and his um, his right hand man and cohort Doc Cronall is played by Jesse White. And then um, by the way, this is the part where I stopped writing. So this is going to get a little um, clunky. <laughs> 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 You got this. You got I know. this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, and then on the boat, there's this, um, there, um, a, a kangaroo wearing boxing gloves, like runs by and causes a whole scene. And he starts, um, pu- pummeling doc. And that's when, um, Jimmy and, 
Annette meet, and they're kind of like starting to form to form a bond. And he's like, um, he was talking about um, he learns he's heard of Annette because all of her swimming exploits in, um, in Australia. And he's like, oh my god, I should totally represent you. We could do like a whole show where you have like a mermaid tail and blah blah blah, half fish, half woman. And then Walter Pigeon overhears her da- her dad overhears, and he's like, no, my girl, that's her hobby. That's not her job. She's gonna be a dancer. She's gonna be a ballerina. It's gonna be great. And he's just basically like patriarchy. And she's like, okay, um, I guess it's 1912, so we can't really do much about it. Um, So they arrive in England, and then they get to um, Mr. Kellerman's friend's house, who doesn't exist. And then they have to kind of like make it work themselves. So he opens um, up in his apartment and tries to teach... uh, piano lessons and um, musical lessons and that doesn't really seem to work so um, Annette is selling off all of her trophies to try to make ends meet and then this is when um, Jimmy and Doc come back in the pitch picture they're like hey Annette we we want to like drum up some um, some publicity for Sydney the boxing kangaroo so they're like could you do like an exhibition swim to like get people going blah 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 maybe do like a mile or something like that to get some get some press and she's like one mile that ain't shit Shit. let's do 26 <laughs> miles down the Thames. And it's like, okay. And by the by, I wanted to do some research on this, but I did not have some time. I recently had heard a podcast from Stuff You Should Know, um, which is actually a very, very fascinating podcast. Oh, yeah. And they did yeah. a podcast on how polluted the Thames were. Yeah, I was thinking about that. In the Victorian she... era. And I was like, uh, isn't? She swam through poop. <laughs> <laughs> and dead bodies and yeah. all of the I was just like how did she not die and I know at the yeah. end of the thing she had like one smudge on her face well, to represent still dirty. Yeah. which I was just like but like literally there's the, the, they, the reason that the Thames is now in like clean as it is there is a thing called the big stink where one summer it got so bad that they it was like killing people and they were concerned Oof. that and the water actually was causing cholera in, oh my in God. the city. So just think about that as you watch that scene <laughs> that she's swimming 26 Whoa. miles in poo-poo water. <laughs> um, yeah. So she does the swim. Every As she swims along, everyone start, she's starting to collect more and more people who are like, wait, what is going on? And then she eventually makes it. They're not sure if she's going to make it at the end because the tide comes in. Um, is the tide's coming in, which is pushing against her as opposed to like, because actually as you listen to that podcast on the Thames, this is like the Thames, mm-hmm. um, the Thames fact hour. The Thames <laughs> actually doesn't flow into the water as m- normal yeah. rivers do. It actually flows into the bay, but then as the tide comes in, it pushes all the same water back into it. And that's why the Thames got so polluted is because the water basically just churned back and and forth and back and forth and back and forth and didn't actually drain. So as most rivers do drain into the um, into the ocean, this one did not. So that's why it got so nasty. And Annette oh Kellerman, <laughs> she got some poop in her mouth. You know she got some poop in her <laughs> mouth. <laughs> 
I don't know how she didn't die. Anyway. I don't know how she didn't die either. I just kept thinking about that the whole time. I was like, hold up. It's like, Isn't you don't even. Dirty Thames times? I wouldn't even do it now. You can't <laughs> swim in the East River in or uh, the Hudson River in New York. Oh. People are just like, that's nasty. Dig condoms in there. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Not to mention, as you said, dead bodies. A dead like bodies. A point for the mob. You're like, <laughs> Basically. <laughs> or like, I just think of that, what was it, Party Monster, where they dumped that dude in the Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and also in the 70s. That, yeah, in the 70s where that guy was killing all those people, all those gay men, too, that eventually yeah. ended up. Well, the guy who was, oh, girl, this is a whole other podcast. So the guy who was in, who played the lab technician in The Exorcist, he was a, he was yes. a featured extra, ended up being a serial killer and was dumping gay, he was killing and dismembering gay men and dumping them into the river. And then um, the guy who d- directed The Exorcist, William Friedkin, fa- found out about it and was like, that, after they arrested the guy who that he cast literally was like that guy looks good let's cast him um as a non-speaking part then he ended up making cruising based on that story so oh my god do some deep dives on that since some 70s crazy ass shit guys i was like <laughs> if we're gonna do more factoids remember that's like the drag queen that was in paris oh my god yes away. there was a dead body that had been like mummified in her closet and been there since the 60s yes <laughs> which there has been dead body facts in new york and by the way <laughs> the story on that is even crazier because they can't they can't pinpoint when the body died like they can't tell which yes. year the body died and at some point that drag queen moved to a new apartment so they're like Yes, we don't they, know. If- and they knew that they they had uh, found tabs like like pulp tabs from like a beer thing that dated yeah. back to the late sixties. Yes, on, like in but, wrapped up in the body. But sometime, but it, within that window, she had moved to an apartment, a different apartment. So they're not sure oh if God. she they're not sure if she moved with that body. So oh like she could have changed God. locations with that body, and they were just like, what 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 the movers? All I know is. Isn't that do- like they interviewed her in that apartment in that documentary? Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. So that while they were interviewing her, like she, there's a mummy, there's a in, like, mummy a- in that fucking. <laughs> I mean, get okay. Wow, we're really. By we the way, we're into digress. the first half an hour of the movie, and we are digressive. <laughs> we are like digression station. Like it's crazy. Okay. <laughs> Y'all have some homework to do, okay? Yes, yeah, really. <laughs> you gotta listen to that podcast, you gotta watch Exorcist, you gotta watch Cruising, you gotta watch Paris is Burning, and you gotta watch Party yes. Monster. <laughs> yes, get on it. Get to it. Okay, anywho. <laughs> <laughs> Were we talking about the Thames? Yeah. Dirty so, Thames? Something like okay. that. Anyway. Um, okay, so. She did. She did the swim. She gets out of the. She gets out of the thing. And she's like exhausted and dying, and all the. Mm-hmm. And then um, the the press is like going nuts over her, being and wants to interview her and all this stuff. And so Jimmy's like, and Jimmy's like, well, well, she's she's got to sleep, but you can always um, hang out with me and my boxing kangaroo. Get some press on that, <laughs> and they're just like not interested. And no, then thanks. so it kind of doesn't. So the um, the you know. The uh, PR stunt doesn't actually work for what it's supposed to, but it makes her sort of like an overnight sensation. Then um, he um, offers to take them. Wait, what happens at this point? So then somehow they end up in Boston. They do. And that's yes. when they, they end up in Boston. And what that's was when the, he I does, forget what the impetus to get them to Boston was or get them to New York or something. A hip, the Hippodrome. Yeah, they, okay. were, they, they were working their way toward that. And so, so Jimmy um, offers to pay for the family to move over to, um, to, to just like take um, haul ass over to New York. Right. Right. And then he goes and interviews with, um, with Alfred Harper, 
um, played by David Bryan, who is the basically the producer, the head producer at the Hippodrome. They have a big mm-hmm. giant pool where they do big show numbers, and he's like, "You need to get Annette Kellerman. You need to, um, you need to base an entire show around her." And he's like, "I can't do it. She's an unknown." He's like, "But look at all these yeah. press clippings," and he's just like, "That's maybe this, she's no, no one no. in America." So yeah. he's just like, "So." Uh, James Jimmy is like ah fuck it um, we'll just do our own thing so then he hauls ass to Boston um, to do his thing and then they end up going um, so he's like well we'll do the same thing we did in London but we'll do it in Boston so we'll swim mm-hmm. from this we'll swim from this beach over to this lighthouse it's tw- like a bunch of miles this is when she goes onto the beach in her one piece bathing men's bathing suit and causes an in- giant stir all oh these like all these um, you know Edwardian is it is this period Edwardian yeah, right. this is like uh, I wouldn't say Late like 1890s, Edwardian. maybe. Like I feel 1900s. like it's I feel like it's early 1900s. Yeah, like so, uh, yeah, like the aughts. The aughts. Yeah. Okay. So there's all these women, and they're like, you know, basically Gibson girl un- um, out uniforms, and they're like yeah. shocked, but they're wearing their bathing costumes, so they're all shocked that she's in this tight one piece, showing off her legs and her arms and her shoulders, and which so, ironically is exactly what the men are wearing. It's basi- not like it is. Any and I love yeah. So when she, so then they're like, this is indecent. And then they um the the. Someone uh, so Karen calls the popo, and mm-hmm. she gets her arrested. And then um, Jimmy is like, "No, she's like." Uh, so then they go and actually, so she's all, and that's like mortified and so yeah. angry. And then so they end up fighting it in court, and then they go to court, and the the ju- the the prosecutor is like, this is indecent, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then she's just like, that's ridiculous. And then, so she actually compromises and says, if it's the fact that I'm not covered up, I can just wear a one piece unitard that covers me mm-hmm. from toes to shoulders. So it's basically, she sews leggings to um, a, the men's bathing costume. It's exactly right. the same, except for it's form fitting, which they still think is, um, which they, they are fine with um, as being not indecent, but it is like yeah. scandalous to the women because it's form fitting you could see all of her curves um it's yeah it's essentially she's wearing like a sleeveless footed leotard basically and yeah that's and then there are pictures of annette kellerman wearing this you can see like publicity pictures and she's got her big old gibson girl hair mm-hmm. and she's wearing it and she's like flexing or like doing seven she just looked like she had a very athletic body at the time. It's funny too because it feels uh, she does got an athletic body, but she also seems to have the shape the shape that because of wearing a corset all the time yes. would give you. Like she still has like, a, sort of that kind of like pigeon very breasted curvy. that yep. like pigeon breasted um, like curved kind of high waist. Yeah, yeah. So I think that she definitely wore a, cor- wore a corset when she wasn't wearing this, but which actually mm-hmm. altered her shape over time. Um, which is interesting as well to see. So, yeah. Um, so then after the, as she starts wearing this, so she's wearing the unitard and she um, ends up open, they opening their own little like sideshow where she has a pool and she, mm-hmm. she does exhibition swims of wearing it and people, it's like, come see Annette Kellerman in her, in her shocking one piece bathing suit. In her one piece. One, yeah. In her <laughs> one piece. Like, oh my goodness, what a sight to see. So she does diving exhibitions. She does swimming exhibitions. She, um, she explains the strokes. And so Jimmy's doing, and it's held over for six uh, six weeks like in Boston yeah. and then so they're gonna go take it on um, as they and this is when um, Jimmy is like starting to fall in love and actually buys a, um, a wedding ring for her an engagement ring 
And then um, they get into a fight for some... Oh, that's right. So she um, meets this guy who wants to do a lecture tour with Annette. And he mm-hmm. wants her to be like, this, he's all, like, he's trying to, like, build her up as being like, you're not a sideshow. You're a beautiful woman and you need to be, and, like, you know, treated as such. And then Jimmy gets yeah. all butthurt because he feels like that's some sort of attack on him. And then, yeah. so, he ends up being like, you should go do this with him. Fine, whatever. You're released from your contract. I'm going to take this, this, um, this, uh, pilot guy and we're gonna go you know I'll do my thing so he bounces yeah. takes the pilot she ends up being like I don't know if I really wanted to do this um, this talking to her so she goes back and he's gone and she's like oh shit what do I do mm-hmm. and then she gets a she gets a, te- um, a text she gets a text message <laughs> <laughs> she gets a text she gets someone a text into her DMs. she gets a she exactly <laughs> so so Alfred Harper slides into her DMs and he's like hey and then he's like so, hey you up and she's like <laughs> Emoji, emoji. <laughs> yeah, it's like you up. It's like um, pe- uh, peach eggplant. <laughs> and, <he's> like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, hmm. She's like, I don't know. What's up? And then he's like, hey, so you should come to the Hippodrome because you're making a big scene. And then so she does. And then so mm-hmm. she's like, holy shit. So her and Papa um, Kellerman go to New York and they go back to the um, to the Hippodrome. She's basically like small potatoes at the bottom of the marquee. And then as mm-hmm. time goes by, she builds herself all the way up to the very, very top starring role of the um, of the of the Hippodrome. Yeah. While she's there, she also ends up meeting um, one of the one of the main acts is Pavlova, who is like a um, you know the prima ballerina of New York City. Mm-hmm. So she ends up doing a dance there, and they meet backstage, and and that's just like, oh my god, I love you. I wish I was a dancer. Blah. blah. And um, there's this beautiful scene too, where like Pavlova mm-hmm. is just like, she's like, no, what you're doing is like really awesome. So don't think that you have to be me. You should be Annette Kellerman because you're the only one who could do it. You're, she's like, you're taking your dancing skills and you're applying them to a whole new media and that's I, I yeah. loved that scene that they uh, actually it was wonderful as wonderful. opposed to having like you know a prima ballerina just being like you weird I don't like you swimming no <laughs> like, a, you know what this is women supporting women and it, it was a good moment yes <laughs> and then so as she's like kind of um, rising her star is rising um, Alfred Harper is sliding into her DMs real hard now he's like <laughs> he's like yo boo you up question mark I'm exclamation boy question mark water burst water water burst wiki emoji with the tongue out like (laughs) by the way these are i'm dead by the way these i use these emojis all the time and they work never so (laughs) um and then so so they kind of like start dating and then that's when um they're on a train they're going um and then he's like um, oh, and then they hire um, Frederick Kellerman to be like the mm-hmm. the conductor on the um, on the thingy of, of the hippodrome, and then they um, and then what actually so then she's doing a big giant. Um, underwater act which was really cool with the clam mm-hmm. and then actually uh, Frederick Kellerman um, has a heart attack or a, a, some sort of attack yeah. during a performance and is carried off backstage and um, after the number she comes out and everyone's like huddled around him and she goes and she realizes that her father has died um, yeah and then that's when uh, Doc and Jesse see the news in the newspaper, and Doc is just like, "Oh, that's a bummer. You should go see her." And Jimmy's like, "No, I can't. I'm too. My pride is too bruised, and I'm yeah. a man, and I must be a man." <laughs> <laughs> Patriarchy, toxic masculinity. Be a dick about it. Yes. 
Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> Jimmy actually, but what he's doing is actually um, prepping an airplane to go to um, win a $500,000 prize for the first person to fly coast to coast. And Doc is just like, uh, yeah, this isn't going to happen. So I'm going to go see Annette real fast and be like, hey, can you talk Jimmy out of this? Because he's going to kill himself. This is not safe. <laughs> this plane is janky as fuck. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, you, that plane was janky. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah. it was a risk. <laughs> yeah. So she's just like, oh, well, he's like, he's going to be flying out of Teterboro. Um, he's going to pull a full JFK Jr. We need to interve- <laughs> intervene. <laughs> So she's like, um, in a, uh, she's like, real quick, I got to do this. I got to do one show, and then I'm out there real quick. And that's when she does that huge, amazing number oh with God. all the smoke. <laughs> I mean, it's and then all the ladies are like sliding down oh, the, the sliding ladies. down the slide between the, between the legs of those hot meons. And yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Busby. Uh, yeah, we yeah. love you. Loving it. All right. <laughs> and then, um, and then she goes down to Teterboro, and she's all like, "I don't." She's like, "I'm TSA pre-check. Let me go through." And then yeah. she <laughs> <laughs> she gets to the airfield, and she's like, "Jimmy, what the fuck? Like, you can't do this." And he's like, "No, I'm going to do this. I need to do this." And then she's like. She's like, well, here's my lawyer. He, I need to get paid for all this stuff that you uh, were pay- you didn't pay me for because there was like a two hundred dollar thing that I didn't get paid for. And she's like, oh, here it is. And he like pulls out the wedding ring that he's been carrying around with him as a good luck charm. And she's just like, oh my god, he loves me. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, but then she goes back to Alfred Harper, and he's like, and that's when he starts getting. Um, offers for her to be in movies in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then, so he's just like, girl, we got to take this offer. Like, you're going to be like a big star. You're going to be like Shannon Doherty, 90210 famous. <laughs> and so <laughs> then they, so then they hop a train. Oh, but a while too, like, so she's putting him off from the marriage thing. So first, so he's like trying to get her to marry him, but Mm -hmm. they're following the race, the flying race of all the, the, you know, the progress and Jimmy's flight actually crashes and he does it. He's out of the race, but he's okay. He doesn't Mm -hmm. die. So she's like, cool. Um, so then they decide to go to Hollywood and she's on, they're on the train together and that's when she hears a familiar face or here's a Yes, she did. She, she hears a familiar voice, and he walks in, and it is, um, it's Jimmy's trying to sell, you know, Navajo blankets to, to mm-hmm. unsuspecting victims, and he's trying <laughs> and to pass friends dressed Doc. like, <laughs> yes, he's trying to pass Doc off as a Native American, and he's in. <sighs> oh goodness, uh, he's not, not having it. Let's yeah. just say he's not here for it. Not on board. <laughs> That's the moment where Doc's just like, man, my career really took a turn. <laughs> We've hit a new low. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so they're traveling out to um, L.A. as well because uh, because James is um, representing a, a dog who basically is Rin Tin Tin. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they end up going. So he's there. You know, she feels bad because he's hit the skids and um, she's just like, oh, yeah, we're getting I'm getting married to Alfred. And so when they get there, they're filming her grand movie, um, the Neptune's Daughter, where she basically plays a mermaid. And um, mm-hmm. they have this giant um, tank that for her that she's going to do a big swimming number in. And um, it's actually kind of funny to watch to see them do um 
see them do like 1920s um, or uh, early ni- early teens um, filming yes. and stuff like that. Filming. Like on set. It's, it's, it's so like, fun. like singing in the rain where totally, it's like 1950s exactly. doing silent era. It's so great. So fun <laughs> with all the sets like literally right next to each other and all that yeah. stuff. And I then, love it. So <laughs> she's, get, she's about to do her thing and then they notice that the, the glass is cracking and everyone starts freaking out and they try to get her out of the tank but she can't really hear anything. So then mm-hmm. she ends up, so a break bursts open and she she ends up fl- flying out of the tank with all of the water and she and injured getting cut by the glass and injured oh and oh my god so that she ends up in the hospital Scary. um seriously injured and that's when um jimmy comes in and like is just like oh my god i can't believe this happened to you all this stuff and then they realize that they're in love and they're going to get married and live happily ever after sorry alfred <laughs> you're blocked no more dms for you the end the end the end <laughs> so Kathleen we have to get to it what are you what are, what are the looks let's talk about the looks yeah well uh, first of all I just want to uh, sort of a little uh, I guess corrections corner because I did kind of mention earlier that she was living in California Annette Kellerman lived in California most uh-huh. of her life she actually she did well during the time uh, that Esther Williams met her she was living in California and was like running a health food store and stuff. But she did yeah. end up marrying her. It was her longtime manager, James Raymond Lewis Sullivan. Um, yeah. And she played it. Uh, Kellerman also played an active role during World War II in, in Australia. She produced two different charity shows for the Red Cross. And so she was just like all the other Hollywood people, like, you know, when they were doing a lot of performances during the war. Exactly. So she did that. And then um, she did spend her final years on the Gold Coast in the Australian state of Queensland and died at age 88 in 1975. I love it. So RIP, amazing legend, iconic Annette Kellerman. Exactly. <laughs> but yes, looks. looks Let's get down please. to it. <laughs> Not well, to rush you uh, through, but good God. <laughs> no, no. I mean, well, first of all, up top, I mean, just because of the story behind it and everything, the the sequin, the gold sequin uh, unitard uh, that they made, or cat suit that they yes. made for her, with which she described as like a turban that she wore, like the little cowl and then yes. the little crown. Uh, and then all of her backup ladies who had these beautiful, like, one-shoulder gold lamegue swimsuits. Girl. I can't... I, I just, like, if I lived in that time and I was like, oh, if you, if I could have any job in old Hollywood, I want to be a backup swimmer for Esther. I just want to be one of her backup swimmers. Yes. I would, just to be able to, like, be a little old lady one day and be like, that was me. See, yes. swimmer number eight in the, ma- like, in the matching swimsuit, like, doing my dive. Oh, Love my God. That. So just beautiful. So good. And then I also, I guess because um, I'm like, oh, she's got wet looks and dry looks. I also really love her... Um, the one piece, the little swimsuit that she has when she's doing the underwater scene that is all pearls. It looks, uh, it's all been like, uh, I think it's the one where she's sadly when her dad passes. Right, yeah. Is the one she's wearing and that. Yes. And then I actually, as dark, I really, really love the swimsuit that she's wearing when the glass breaks. And it looks yes, like she's Yes, that's a beautiful wearing, like, costume. Yeah, it's like a, Gorgeous. it's like a white kind of like, and it's got all these beautiful paillettes and it's got like little fringe at the bottom. Oh, it's just so the way beautiful. The, the way they did almost like airbrushing where it's like blue at the center and then fans out to like a white pearl. Yes. So it's almost like, she, like she's like a, has the skin of a fish. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, incredible and uh yeah and again shout out to every every extra like all of her extra swimmers just look they're tens they're yes. all just tens absolute um, beauties so Love it. just absolutely gorgeous and then for dry looks um she 
was so adorable. Like everything she wears mm-hmm. is so yeah. cute, and like uh, I love all of her cute little white blouses that she has, and everything so beautifully yeah. Walter Plunkettly tailored. All those like um, little pivoted tucks across the front and stuff, like yes. very Gibson era. Yeah, and and I think probably some of my favorite like dry looks for her is is when she starts getting money and it's more in the teens and she's wearing kind of more the hobble skirt silhouettes. Yes. Like I love that black and white. You don't see her in it for very long, but again, it just, she wears it, it twice think, though. Like, she wears she wears it, it twice. The one with the furs, the right? White, the one with the furs. Mm. She and and she's got the little kitten heels Girl. because most of the times you see her, she's in flats. Like they always had to put her in flats because yeah. she's just or uh, she's a towering five seven. Please, um, but. But anyway, but there are a few moments, especially when she's with Victor Mature, because he was actually a little bit taller. I know, um, They right. put her in these cute, like, very period-appropriate, like, French heel uh, shoes, and she just looks... This is her clear day, as we say. It's like, you know, Barbara Streisand did clear day, you could see forever. Girl. It's arguably, she's never looked so beautiful. Like, I'm sorry, but... No yeah. shit, it's true. This was like her clothes her her, like her clothes horse moment. Like she gets to do yes. all the fashions. She gets to really live it. Like she's yes. full fantasy. Like that and one that you're talking about. Make, oh, oh my God. It's just, she, everything, everything's on point for her. Yes. She just looks so beautiful. Like a million and bucks. Really, truly, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's great. But yeah, I guess those would sort of be my looks. <laughs> what I mean, about they're, you? They're pretty good. I love, I mean, there's so much to love in this there's movie. There's so many. The one that yeah. I gag over, first of all, is the one that she actually wears when she goes to the airfield and she's wearing this like, it's like navy blue traveling suit sort of thing. And it also, mm-hmm. it has that cape that's built in. And it's oh, got the white contrast yes. lining and then the buttons, the cape buttons to the sleeve so that I it's kind of like in play girl when i she yes. stepped out of the car and that i was just like what honey yes. oh my god that is so fucking rad beautiful absolutely beautiful. she has this hat and actually that costume still exists as and is in the um is in larry mcqueen's costume collection so hey, and so if awesome. you he is an awesome dude you got to do a deep dive on him he's got a, a pinterest page where all of his costumes are cataloged on there it's really really cool so i yes. highly recommend checking that out you know for it's research wonderful. and for what have you. So yes. Inspiration. His, yes. I and mean, he this also man, he's doing the Lord's work. Yes. And he also <laughs> owns the um the those the mirrored um uh, the mirrored swimsuit from uh Bathing Beauty. Which if you yes. notice, I love I actually thought it was interesting that they did end up recycling footage from Bathing Beauty mm-hmm. to kind of like use as like for the montage. The montage <laughs> for like the swimming numbers. I guess they wanted to like beef up the swimming stuff. So even though that movie was not that old, they showed a lot of stuff from that like the the tiller line of the girls diving into the pool and like then kind of like mm-hmm. her just like they didn't use the whole number but they used bits of it and then so that was really cool to see um, it was done in that really cool like montage overlay of yeah, like sort of really like, cool. here, here's how she's working her way into her fame you know exactly and- and uh, I love, yeah. I also love the red number that she wears for oh, the, for I the big, forgot. for that big number Jesus. that she, girl, first of her, that's, that's the one where she's sliding down the slide and like in the, that's the smoke yes. number and she's, and it's got those sheer, it's like sheer straps over. And then it kind of, I love the way that that looks because it actually looks like oh it's a God. strapless swimsuit, but it like holds up because it's not, because it has that sheer bits over her shoulders. And she does that thing where she's holding the ring and like goes, it climbs all the way up and she's hanging from the ring and then yes. she like dropped first of all 
That's really hard because holding hard, hard. having a wet, having a wet grip, which I'm sure they dried it off for her in a take. Like having a grip on a ring like that for as long as it took for them to like ratchet her up into the ceiling, that is a really hard like to do with like your entire body weight. So she's like a, got a strong she's got a strong grip. Good for her. That's because she like, did that butterfly stroke, dude. Stop. Yeah, she was strong. Like her upper body was strong. That's why she wear capes so well. She I mean. Imagine hanging, imagine hanging <laughs> off of a bar for like I, that was like a good for twenty seconds. Like people, a lot yeah. of people can't do that. So like good for like really good for her I know. to do You're that. You're right. Like, like that outfit is very special for that because like again, when you read about what she had to do wearing that outfit, I know. you're just like get the fuck and out. And it's got of the here. matching headpiece with the flower, like the so secret wired good. secret flowers. Come on, so She's gorgeous. Just, it's so beautiful and yeah it got so, the work the work yes. that went into this movie is unfucking believable yes. there i mean there's so many good like all of her dry looks when she starts getting them munties is so right oh, like, God. like Everything. her train suit is beautiful it's like that cream thing that has like all the book like fabric covers buttons and it's just oh my god so beautiful mm-hmm. and then I uh, what I really really loved is when she's on when she when they first show her in her full gold piece her gold one piece her like gold bodysuit mm-hmm. she's like standing on a platform and then she like steps down and like dives in if you notice she's actually standing on a little wedge to make a her look like she, so she looks like she's wearing heels which I kind of I was just like is she wearing heels and then she steps off and the wedge is still there I'm like that's cute though. They gave her a wedge Dude, to like lean on. Like that so is fucking cute. rad. <laughs> and she said that even the soles of her feet had sequins on them. Of course. On that. Like, so it was, uh, I can't, but yeah. And then again, just <laughs> knowing know. that like taking that was off was like a bunch of tiny knives on her body. I'm like, Oh my God. God. <laughs> Metal cut sequins. I know, and you know that they were probably they were probably real metal sequins. They weren't probably they weren't plastic. So it's just just you know because that's fucking. Come on, Esther, what's your problem? Yeah, why are you so bitchy? God. Oh, you know, and that's another one. I uh, reading again when you guys pick up Million Dollar Mermaid. It's a song on uh, Amazon, and there's so a whole good. chapter on her making this. It is. Pro- it's one of the most interesting chapters in the book. Um, this is the other one where she really talks about the stage in which they did all the musicals, which. I think at some point it had her name on it, but it, it was nicknamed Pneumonia Alley. Oh, God. Because, because they had to keep the pools heated for the swimmers, but they couldn't, they had to also keep the soundstage cool because uh, if it got hot, the fumes from the chlorine and everything would, would, get, like, it would get too hot. And, and they have stories of like people, because all the guys that work in the rafters on the lighting would like sometimes pass out and fall right into the pool from the <laughs> chlorine fumes. They're just could like, you Jesus ima- fucking Christ. Could you imagine if they imagine? Doing a take and you're just swimming and all the like, di- like just off. They're all like of a you're sudden, filming. Like, you know, Bob like, from like you know the corner just falls into the fucking pool. Just like, off in the background, just someone falls into the like splash, and they're like, "Well, that takes ruined." It's like, yeah. Jesus. And you know, Buzzy Berkeley just be pissed. Oh, he wouldn't God. even have any like sympathy for. It. He'd be like, "God damn it, get another one." I take, know. You know. Like, everybody back out of the pool i just but, love um, that that she's like also talking so about all the chemicals that they had to use because the water all would the get chemicals like, and then yeah and then they called it pneumonia alley because because the fact that they would have to go from a warm pool like a, a basically like a a, a well heated pool to like 60 degrees like in and out of the pool yeah. swimmers were constantly getting sick and so she just got to the point where she would just stay in the pool all damn day and God. she would take she she figured out a way to nap in the pool 
So she would like put her arms behind her head and she's like, yeah, your lungs are kind of like pontoons. And she would just found this way to take a like, little sips of breath and lay in the pool and take like, she could take like 10, like 15, 20 minute power naps. I'm surprised they didn't like, just give her oh, a floaty. Esther? She's like, oh, she's napping in the pool. Like, I don't know. Right. I'm like, why didn't they just give her a foam floaty and just be like, this eh, was, was this go. pre floaties? I don't I know. But yeah. Like, but I think that was the thing. I think that's the thing. She didn't want to be above the pool. She wanted to be submerged. In the she water, would submerge right, herself yeah. in the water. Yeah, so she would stay warm and not get sick. Crazy. So she would just stay in the fucking water all day. <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. Just like, God damn it. What a know? time to be alive. <laughs> and and another fun fact is that she had, uh, at this point, she had had, she had had about, broke her eardrums roughly about seven times. From diving. Just be, from diving and being yeah. in the water so damn much. So... In addition to being nearsighted, she also couldn't hear too good. <laughs> so, like these are the these are just parts of the job, dude. Good, parts good. of the job. Jesus. All Christ. looking beautiful at the same time. Which, again, I just want to take a moment. Her makeup is so pretty. Oh and my God. I feel like it's not like you know how like you have Marilyn. You have certain people had very distinctive makeup looks, like a Joan Crawford. I don't know if you could really say Esther Williams had a distinctive makeup look, but it definitely was her own. Right. Like they always did her. She always had these beautifully arched, but kind of wide set eyebrows. And then like always uh, like kind of slightly smudgy, but beautifully natural, like brown, like eye makeup with a very like, you know, lashes and then a really pretty blush and a strong like pink or bright lip. And that was kind of her, her makeup jam, but she yeah. looks so beautiful in this movie. And then of course our boy Sydney did all the hair and her hair is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And uh, these little sculpty curls and she's got these great especially in the beginning they give her the it's almost like a bow slash hat like the, with her with the little curls coming down oh it's yeah just the way they could do the uh the hair pieces i thought it was super clever and again very flattering like everything she just looks so goddamn pretty yeah <laughs> seriously yeah, she really really did this this movie it's like achievable beauty God. you know like you could actually be like oh i could do my makeup and hair like her it's not unattainable i guess that's the thing you yeah. know this movie was so fun. Like it's just, it's just such a great so movie. Fun. I'm so glad that, it, that it's around and we can, you could just put it on in the background and just like zone. And actually, oh, I really 100%. love. I wanted to mention that we've have um, it was since we started doing this um, series, we've had people mess um, to uh, talk on the Facebook group, OHR Podcast Darlings. Join now. Um, that are reading the book along too. They're actually reading the book oh, with us, and like, I, and I love that. Like, even somebody was like, "I found it at my local love used bookstore." And I was like, "Yay, second Yay. hand!" I love that. I was like, love a good used yeah. book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, so I, rad. I do. I'm glad that everyone's like enjoying that. We've gotten so much positive feedback about the series, and like, people love oh, Esther Williams, great. and they're reading along, and it's like OHR book club. <laughs> oh my god, this is one. Yeah, and reading this book has one just chapter been at a time. Wonderful. It's yeah. We're just kind of. It's it's been like I take like little sips of it and just you know kind of reading it and then reading it alongside with the movies and we got one more to do you guys and I it's know. gonna be amazing <laughs> and uh but yeah it's just it's been so great to have this book as a companion and boy it is interesting it's it's not boring i and, know uh, it's really fascinating again like I, I there should be i don't know how like you you'd have to get a real i don't know like i don't even know who would play her but to, I know, when right? i'm reading this when i read this book i'm like this should be a movie totally. like there are so many parts in this where you're just like um i would watch the shit out of this series or netflix movie or something if they just did like a behind the scenes of like what it was like to be the swimming star of mgm and just <laughs> you know the ups and the downs and then the fact that like 
again, you know, just this running theme of these women who are enormously talented and successful, and you think they have it all, and they're just with these dudes who just bleed them dry. I know. And because just all because it's like I have to be with a man, I have to be married. Or, or genuinely, you know, in the case of Esther Williams, genuinely being like, I really want, I've, I've just always wanted to be a mother. I've always wanted to have children. Right, but and also then you're, then she ends up becoming the breadwinner because that's exactly. just her, you know, she just is. And then she ends up with this guy, the guys that she ends up with. And every single time is just like, every you're the breadwinner. Cool, time. you got it covered. I'm just going to sit here and gamble and drink. Because that's what yep. I can, that's what I can do to entertain myself. Meanwhile, yeah. or she's in the case of Fernando Lamas, it's like no, you just sit there and look pretty and be a woman because that's what that's what you need to do. That's a woman's role, and it's oh, like, but, but what? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. Well, when sorry. I do. We'll get when to that next do. episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, goodness. Um, God, is there anything else you want to talk about this movie though before we oh um, wrap it up? She, this, I mean. <sighs> Guys, gals, watch have it. Just fun. It's like so this good. is this is a romp. Like it's just a great, great romp. Like oh my goodness. Can't if if anything, it. get inspired to uh, go swimming. Like go and go swim. Like Modcloth still sells the Esther Williams line of swimwear. So if you would like a ah. beautifully, gorgeously fitted, uh, like um, retro style bathing suit that you can actually swim in and looks good on everybody, check it out. Dope. Um, because you can still get her line of swimwear, and it has it is timeless, and uh, it will get you in, get in the water, dude. It is so much fun. I just went to the beach. <laughs> yesterday and uh i really got thrown around in the wave because <laughs> i i kind of made a i kind of made a, 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 a jargon <laughs> i embarrassed myself on a very crowded beach by going ass over tits a couple times <laughs> in the waves <laughs> and i regret nothing it was so much Love fun it. Well, we found we've we're actually going to go hang out with a friend who forgot they have a pool oh <laughs> what kind of life is this i know i don't know how that like, is like god bless her heart but she's like we were like out of t- we were on a group text and we were like we need to figure out a pool situation we got to have a pool the weather's being super hot in seattle and we're on a group text and like literally like an hour and a half into the group text our friend is like oh my building has a pool i totally forgot oh <laughs> after like she up. participated in a conversation i was like girl like <laughs> took a sister up <laughs> Please. We are dying over here, so that's gonna be fun. I'm gonna soak my feet because I can't go in the pool because of surgery. But oh, I'm, yes. gonna, I'm gonna but go as like I'm gonna go maybe an inch below my scars. <laughs> we'll just like no, hey, a good foot soak or just <laughs> sitting yeah. in the water. It's wonderful. Yeah. Like, dude, the water's wonderful. The water, get- the water doesn't judge you. <laughs> it's it, it can be your best friend or your worst enemy, you and guys. Get, oh, but it's, but, it's a wonderful exercise and just makes you feel good. But you, you know, know, but you know, I'm taking my caftan with me. So oh, I'm a, uh, I mean, please, it's I caftan. So. So this is the first thing I unpacked. Gosh. Well, remember, I have a pool at my building, too. So when you come visit, you got to bring your captains. So we'll, we'll take that place over. And it's got a great lounge area, too. Uh, captain party, you and me. Captains. Oh, Let's I do it. It's, it's hibiscus so captains making her return. Her triumphant yeah. return. Hibiscus captain. Oh, get me a highball, ladies. I need a <laughs> hibiscus captain's thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, hibiscus captain refers to herself in the third person and we're all on board with it okay there's nothing always. we can do about it <laughs> always goodness well everybody <laughs> this is what better way to sign off than talking about pool parties hey. um, guys so this has been f- so much fun cannot wait for next episode um, in the meantime 
You can catch us over on social media, uh, Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook and Instagram, OHR Podcast on Twitter. Don't forget, like mentioned before, um, join the Facebook group, OHR Podcast mm-hmm. Darlings, D-A-H-L-I-N-G-S. We got some friends over there sharing their stories, sharing some um, all of that stuff, you know, um, inter- uh, interacting with each other, if you will. Uh, so yeah, it's great. Do that over there. Uh, leave us a five star review if you have some time. Um, even just clicking five stars is great over on um, mm-hmm. iTunes. Um, or you can actually write a review. That'd be great. We'd love that. Read it on the podcast. And then also huge props to Mr. Hal Lublin for his vocal talents at the opening of the podcast, keeping us sounding fresh and profesh, as it were. Um, and as we sign off, I'd like to thank you for listening to OHR Splash. Splash. Test, test, beep, boop. Test, test, beep, boop. Boop, boop, beep, boop. <laughs>